We'll be over in the book of Matthew. If you were up on Facebook at all today, I put up there an idea of what we were getting into. We're not going to start a new series just yet. Then we'll get one going on here soon. But uh, just extending the things that had gone on during the week of Jesus' crucifixion, we're going to look over here at Matthew 26 and verse 46. Jesus says after they were praying in the garden, Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude, with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one sees him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Now he's saying that because the particular word that is used here for kiss is one that is used of someone who's very close to you, more of a relative or a very close friend. And when he says, why have you come? Obviously he's saying, comparing his methods of identifying him with the people that he has, has brought with him. And they came and laid hands on Jesus, took him, and suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. We know that to be Peter. But Jesus said to him, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? How then could the Scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against the robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple. You did not seize me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Well, it says here that Judas came with a great multitude with swords and clubs and came from the chief priests and elders of the people. I've done some look on, looking up on this multitude of, and a number of people have uh, put some uh, research into this and came up with a number of between three and 600 soldiers. Between three and six hundred soldiers is what was dispatched. They actually have them traced back to a particular area, that particular assignment that these folks were on, and that this group that he came brought with him was between three and six hundred. That is of the Roman soldiers. Beside the three to six hundred Roman soldiers, there was also those from the temple guard that the Pharisees had sent. So you have three to six hundred Roman soldiers plus those from the temple guard. And it says they came... Uh, in John chapter 18, verse 3, Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, there you see the two groups, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Now it says here that they came with lanterns, torches, and weapons. We're looking at the, what, are the, what is the force that is against Jesus here this night. Well, lanterns here is a, our modern day equivalent would be a flashlight. And what they had was they take their their, their, their oil burning such things and they have a way of magnifying it and these things didn't burn for very long but they would light up a small area greatly and so that's why they put this particular title on it for us that they came with lanterns and torches the uh, one was more of a long burning and the other one was a fast burning but bright now here's what's interesting about this they came with lanterns and torches the Passover feast was always on a full moon. They're coming out to get Jesus during the night of a full moon with lanterns and torches. Generally, when it's a full moon, it's fairly bright. 
Now, I don't know about the cloud cover that night. If there had been a whole lot of cloud cover, maybe that would have been something that we can't necessarily see in the Scripture. But we do know that the next day it clouded up. So it may have been that it was clear before then, but uh, that would be supposition on our part. But anyway, they came in with these lanterns and these torches because, uh, as I already said, the Passover occurs at the time of the full moon. The weapons they came with, the soldiers came with full armor. From the wording we have described, these guys, these, this is three to six hundred troops in full armor, and then you also the temple guard. So they're with breastplates, helmets, shoes, belts, swords, the whole bit, and they're carrying it all. They got the best swords, shields, and spears, especially if it's a detachment that they think that was not stationed far from the temple. There was a, a certain detachment that was over in that area, and uh, suspicion is that they, that is the ones that they had sent out here. The word here that is used when they came with the weapons is offensive weapons. It's, it's hoplos. It means offensive weapons for war. These folks were not dispatched for a mere arrest. They were sent prepared for war. If you are going to arrest a man in a garden who has 11 followers, do you necessarily send a detachment prepared for war? It means leads us to, to wonder, what did Judas say about this man? Because Judas is the one who's given the detachment. What does he say about Jesus that causes them to come in full armor with all the best weaponry, lanterns, torches, three to six hundred soldiers, extra men from the uh, temple guard. And can you imagine three to six hundred, all with lanterns and torches and weapons, plus the temple guard coming on down, descending upon Jesus? Do you think they would stick out? <laughs> Do you think you would see them coming? My, what a sight that would be to, to see though. All those folks sent on out. I wonder what the people in town are thinking. If you saw all those soldiers gathered together, marching, heading on out to a particular place. So you're, you're wondering, what is it that Judas says about this guy? Well, Judas has already seen him in groups of people and s slipped through them. He's already seen many a plot of the Pharisees foiled. And so he gets them prepared that, you know, all right, we've got to make sure we get this guy. But here's the contrast. He brings three to six hundred plus the temple guard in all their weapons and all their armor with lanterns and torches and says, I'll, the one that I kiss, he's the one. Doesn't that seem like a conflict of things? All this force and yet this is the way that I'm going to identify him. So this is the force that is coming against Jesus this night. When he comes out of the prayer, this is the force that is coming. This is a sizable force to arrest one person. Have you ever been on the driving on the road and you look at the side of the road and you see four or five police cars pulling over one car? And you're wondering, man, who in the world is in that car? And you look and you go by and sometimes I've driven by, you know, and there's a mom in there with a couple of kids in the back. <laughs> and you wonder, why? And I don't know, there must have been a reason for it, I'm sure. But when you're just driving on by and you see that, you think, wow, four or five <laughs> out after this one. What did they do? What is it? I mean, sometimes they have two 
And I understand them wanting backup on the thing because they've encountered some surprises on that. But three to six hundred plus the temple guard, all their armor, best of weapons to come against Jesus. Let's take a look at what Jesus has on his side. We have two things that are on Jesus' side. First off, what can be seen? Well, I didn't fill this part about it. The soldiers obviously are not coming to arrest a mere man, but a supernatural one. Isn't it kind of funny that they think they can arrest a supernatural person with three to six hundred plus the temple guard in full armor and weaponry? wonder what they really think of God. Well, they have what can be seen. Let's take a look at what the forces are with Jesus that can be seen. First off, there are 11 disciples. Fishermen, tax collectors, such things. In Luke chapter 22, verse 38, this is just before the, uh, the time they were going in there. Jesus was teaching them, and once again, they had missed the idea of what Jesus was trying to teach. And so they said, Lord, look, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. So we know that they had 11 disciples and that there are two swords among them. The word here for swords means a short sword or a dagger. It's used for stabbing someone at close range. Now the Romans were also equipped with the same one along with others. But they also had this one. It's not that this is a wimpy uh, piece of weaponry. It was uh, meant for close combat. It was uh, certainly lethal. But they had two of them. And we find out in John chapter 18, then Simon Peter, verse 10, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? So there are 11 disciples, there are two swords, and there is one used. That's what they've got against this force of three to 600 plus a temple guard, full armament, full weaponry. Lanterns, torches. Now, but that's what's, that's the stuff that we can see. Here's the stuff that is known. Jesus knows about it. Matthew 26, we already read this. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father and He will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? 12 legions of angels. Anybody know how many that is? It's a lot. <laughs> a legion with the Romans equals 6,000. Legion equals 6,000. So if you multiply the 6,000 times the 12, that is 72,000 angels. Now let's look at what Jesus said again. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my Father and He will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? So He'll give Him more than 72,000 angels. But let's just work off of the 72,000. One angel we know Killed 185,000 in one night. Second Kings chapter 19 verse 35. And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. When people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. So if that formula holds, and that was the angel of the Lord again, but if that formula held, 12 legions of angels, if one legion, one angel can take out 185,000, one legion equals 6,000, then one legion could take out 1,100,000 people. One legion could take out 1,100,000 people. 
So 12 legions, if you multiply that by 12, will be 13,200,000,000 people that 12 legions could wipe out. Now, he said more than. However, the entire population of the earth was not that. In fact, today, it is twice the population of the earth. 13,200,000,000 is twice the population of the earth today. Now, all we were dealing with was the people that were in that particular area. So, if again, if the angels couldn't kill as many as the angel of the Lord, if their numbers were down 185 from 185, and that's even assuming that the angel of the Lord was all out. I don't know that he was all out in that one. Because, you know, Jesus could just speak his word and all of them are dead. He's holding the whole thing together. But we're just working off of that. So, Jesus says, I could take out more than... Twelve legions of angels. And the numbers seem to indicate that they could wipe out the entire earth. All dead. At Jesus' disposal. He says, I could pray and my Father would send it. (laughs) That's very necessary for the God the Father to have Jesus on board, wouldn't you say? For the plan. Because if He could call them down and the Father would send it, then the plan would be kind of over. Not that it would matter because everybody would be dead anyway. Now, if we just look at the force that Jesus uses in John chapter 18, verse 5. Then Jesus, uh, they answered him. Jesus asked them, who do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Now, actually, the he is not there. He uses the actual wording, I am. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now, when he said to them, I am, they drew back and fell to the ground. Who's they? The soldiers and Judas. We just mentioned that Judas was in the crowd, so we want to make sure he's, he's known about that. Now, if the they is all of them, can you imagine a crowd of three to six hundred Roman soldiers, <laughs> plus the temple guard that was dispatched with them, plus Judas, and he says, I am, and all of them in full armament and all their weaponry fall down on the ground because he spoke a word. We're not looking at the angels present. He hasn't called them yet. He just says, I am. And they all go down. Then he asks them again. I guess they're on the ground right now. And he's saying, who are you you looking for? And they said, I guess they get up. They stumble around a little bit to get up. Because I'm sure it's kind of tough to get up when you're in all that armament. Not as easy as when you don't have it on. And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I wonder if they said it a little differently than they said the first time. (laughs) Jesus answered, I have told you that I am. He uses the wording again. And nothing happens this time. First time he said it, they all fell down. The second time he doesn't change the wording, he still says, I am. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way that the saying might be fulfilled which you spoke of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. So they recovered, they get up, and he says it again, but this time they all stand up. Jesus is emphasizing the point here. No man takes my life. I give it. He shows them right there. If I wanted to, I could knock you all out right here. <laughs> Tells his disciples, if I wanted to, I can get 12 legions of angels down here. And they could do it. 
But again, the angel of the Lord showed up, which was Jesus, and he took out 185,000 in one night. This is a crowd, but I don't think this is a, not a big deal. Three to six hundred plus a temple guard that is uh, dispatched with them. Don't think it's a big deal. I think Jesus could have taken them all out. He shows it by just knocking them all down with one word. I am. So he shows his force right there. The disciples, when they saw this incredibly large crowd coming at them, look at the force that they can see, which is 11 disciples, two swords, and one gets pulled out. Jesus is looking at what is known. All that stands behind him. He knows the angels. He knows how many angels there are. We still don't know exactly how many angels there are. But there's at least 12 legions of them. <laughs> I'm sure that there's more than that. A lot more than that. I look at this story with Jesus going into battle. With Jesus going against the forces that are against Him. The things that have been arrayed against Him. And I think too often we go, we prepare to go into battle with what we see. I prepare to go into battle, whatever it might be, with what I see that I have. Instead of what is known. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 6. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to Jordan. Let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place that we may dwell. That we may dwell. So he answered, Go ahead. Oops, I am in the wrong spot. Yep, I am in the wrong one. So I'm not sure exactly which one we have, but I can tell you the story of it anyway. I was going to read it all here for you. But he's uh, Elisha is held up in a city and the, the soldiers come on out there and they, they surround the place and his, his, own, his own servant looks out at the forces that are against them and they say, oh, this is terrible because look at what we've got on our side. Look at the walled city. Look at the forces that we have inside here. Look at all these things that are, are going on. And so Elisha says, Father, open his eyes. What's that? I just went back too far? I just... Very good. Let's go ahead and read it. When the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with the horses and chariots. And the servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than... Those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. How often we like the servant though. We're going into battle with what we see. I look at what the kind of forces I have on my side. I look at the abilities that I have or those people that are helping me out. We don't look, go after the battle with what is known. What is known from the Word of God. When we face sickness and disease, we face it with begging and pleading, with fear and trembling, instead of the force of Jesus' name. We face financial issues with what we have in the bank, what we can see that is coming on the horizon, instead of what the Word of God tells us. How about when we face people issues? We face them with pleas for help and mercy 
Oh, God, please help me. Oh, have mercy on me. Oh, I know I did this to myself. Oh, I know I created this, but oh, have mercy on me. Oh, I don't deserve this. Oh, we have all these pleas, all these things. Instead of unleashing the forces that are at our disposal. It's too often, folks, we're going into battle. Like the disciples, we got two swords. They're little ones, but you know, they'll, they'll be good. We got two of them. We got 11 of us, but there's two swords. And we're looking at what limited things we have. And Jesus says, you guys are coming after this with the forces that you've got. I've got 12 legions of angels. And if I just say the word, they're dispatched. If I just say the word, my Father will send them. Isn't that interesting? That even though it was the Father's will that He go to the cross and die, pay the price for our, our sins, the Father would send more than 12 legions of angels if His Son called for them. If the Father would send more than 12 legions of angels because the Son would call for it and go against the whole purpose of sending Jesus to begin with. Why are we always trying to beg and plead God to come through for us? We're going after the forces of the enemy in the wrong way. We go after them with natural things. And God says, look at the spiritual things that are there. Look at what is at your disposal. The power of the name of Jesus. The power of the promises of His Word. The power of speaking to the wind when the storms are whipped up instead of bailing out the water. There is power at our disposal. When people issues come into play and people have been risen up against us at work, at home, in family situations, we can dispatch angelic forces, forces of God to work on our behalf and come the storm. And this is done many times in the Word of God. Daniel had people upset with him. His buddies had people upset with him. Moses had people upset with him. Joshua had people upset with him. Many times people have gone through situations and people were mad. It's alright. God showed up. God worked His way. Abraham even faced that with Egypt with a few other situations where they were mad at Him. We can face these situations the way Jesus does with supernatural forces that are more than able. If Jesus is going to call 12 legions of angels in, how many of you know that's more than He needs? It is more than He needs. What we can generate, what we can build up is just enough. Sometimes and many times, it's not enough at all. Don't let, it, don't let it stop you. Sickness and disease, we don't have to face with all, with just what the doctors know and what the doctors tell us. Financial problems are not to be faced just with what we make at work or what we can see coming in the horizons or what we have in our bank account. People problems do not have to be solved by arguments that we can understand or by ways that we can see. The Word of God says that people will do some things for us. A lot of times they don't even like it. But they're going to do it anyway. They're going to do it anyway. And God will work. But we just got to keep our, our mouth under control. 
Because too often we're speaking about the power of the forces against us, about the lack of the force with us, just like this guy over here with the with Elisha. Oh, woe is us. Oh, we're, we have insufficient forces against such a great multitude. And what's Elisha saying? Hey, relax, guy. There's more with us than are against us. We don't ever know if Elisha saw them, but he knew they were there. We have to go into battle with what we know from the Word of God and not just what we can see. Jesus went to the cross. He knew the forces that He had at His disposal. He knew what He could use. And whether He called on it or not, He knew what was there. What we've got to understand is there's a whole lot more force behind us than what we've ever dreamed. We've got to stop being intimidated by the things that are coming against us. We've got to stop talking fear and doubt. We've got to stop talking defeat. We've got to stop going to the throne room of God and bawling and pleading and begging. We've got to stand up and say, Father God, I thank you that there are more on my side than are against me. I thank you that even though I can't see the financial breakthrough, I know it's coming. I know it's here. Even though I can't see what's going on through the, this, the physical victory, glory to God, I know it's coming because it's in your word. And I don't just mean just, you know, cur- curtail your conversation among Christians. You do that, all you've done is measure up to a religion. <laughs> you don't get victory through religion. You get victory through faith. And people who truly believe that God is greater than whatever force is coming against them. Don't ever fall into fear and trembling, weeping, complaining, griping, blaming. Don't fall into it. They rise up. Jesus never did this. The way Jesus went to the cross is the thing we've got to look at and model and say, Oh, look at how he did it. He knew exactly what he had. He knew exactly what he was going to do. And he knew. I could call 12 legions of angels out and they could deliver us, but I'm waiting for a greater one. Because in three days after they kill me, (laughs) in three days, I'm going to be raised up and that's going to be a greater victory than the 12 legions of angels would have wrought coming on down here and saving me now. Oh, it surely was. He held out for the better victory. But he could have had the lesser one. With overwhelming power and force. The same thing is here for us. We have overwhelming power and force. But we're spending too much time knowing the forces that are against us. And not enough time knowing what's on our side. This is where we need to be. Where Jesus is. And put that sword away. Why are you going after forces like this with little dinky swords? It's not going to do any good. Just put it away. And with the words of his I am knocks the whole crew on their butts. Because they didn't fall forward. They fell back. And that's where you land when you fall back. Right on your butt. They could not stand. How are you going to take somebody that you can't stand in their presence? I don't care how many you got, you can't can't take them. 
This is where we need to look at what Jesus did. Are we going into battle with the force that we see? Or are we going into battle with the force that we know? What do you know that God has provided for you? Not what you wish. Not what you hope for. What do you know that God has provided? And go after it with that. If, if our actions mimic that of the disciples on the boat bailing water, we're probably going to go down. Our actions in whatever battle we're in, whatever storm we're in, whatever problem we're in, need to be like what Jesus did when He stood up and said, Peace, be still. I mean, how easy? How easy? You can't win victories real easy with buckets of, of, or empty buckets, filling them up with water, or with these two little swords. But when you got legions of angels behind you, when you got power coming out from your words that knock people in their butts, when you got power coming out of your words that calm storms immediately, when you have power that comes out of your words, let lepers and blind people and deaf people are healed, then there is no force that can come against you. And that's what we need to see. Father, we thank you for the example of Jesus at the cross. How he went to the cross in victory, winning. He went there knowing, I can get out of this right now. But it's better that I go through it. Oh, Father, what a victory was won. Help us to look at all the battles and all the things that we face. Not as ones who might be able to muster up enough force to come against it. But as those who have a greater than is necessary force behind them. That there is nothing in our path that cannot be wiped out. Thank you for the help that you give us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.